I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. We're here weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on the radio.com app. This is BetQL Daily. Follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. And each and every week, we are lucky enough to uh, welcome in Ryan McDonough to the show. He's a radio.com NBA insider, former Celtics and Suns executive. And he hosts the radio.com NBA show. Get at least a couple pods there uh, every week. I highly recommend that you subscribe to the podcast. Ryan McDonough on Twitter at McDNBA. Ryan, always appreciate the time. And uh, last night, while I was uh, up watching that late game, Suns and Lakers, uh, the thought came across later on in that contest, boy, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the McDonough compound. Because if I was mad about what the refs were doing to Devin Booker, I can't imagine how you felt. Yeah, Joe, it's always great to be on with you and Ryan. And the, the ejection last night, especially the two quick technicals back-to-back, uh, was really unbelievable to me. And I, I think unnecessary. Uh, Booker was playing terrific. He had 17 points in just 24 minutes, six assists, three steals. I mean, he looked like the best player on the Sun side. LeBron, obviously, is, is terrific on the other side. Uh, but for them to throw him out of the game, for the officials to eject Devin Booker, uh, but for the Suns with their talent and depth to – uh, persevere on the road and against the good Lakers team uh, was really impressive. And uh, I, I think and hope, uh, Joe, that's one that the refs wish they had back because uh, I've seen yeah. guys do a lot more than that in terms of what they say and how they act toward the refs and stay in the game compared to what Booker did last night and got thrown out of the game. Ryan, what do you think the Suns' ceiling is in the Western Conference? You know, Chris Paul has been a perfect fit. Devin Booker, uh, despite the ejection last night, is shooting 50% from the field. His three-point percentage is the highest it's been since the 2017 season. They look really good right now, and DeAndre Ayton's been great. Uh, What do you think their ceiling is in the West? Are they a title contender, or are they kind of that second-tier team? Well, I, I think they're certainly playing as, as well as just about anybody in the league right now, with the exception of maybe the Utah Jazz. As I woke up this morning and checked the standings, the Phoenix Suns have the second-best record in the NBA at 23-11. and 11. So they, they've been uh, terrific, especially lately. Um, you know, I, I think there's something like 12-2 uh, and two in their last 14 games. Uh, they're in the top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a team that's a lock for the Western Conference playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, I think they have a chance to – advance in the playoffs now it comes down to matchups a lot of the time as you guys know 
uh, in, in L.A. will be different when they play the Lakers in the playoffs, assuming uh, Anthony Davis comes back at full strength. That Lakers team will look different. Uh, the Clippers are loaded, and the Jazz, as I mentioned, have been the best team in the league. Uh, so Phoenix has a chance to not only make the playoffs and snap the playoff drought, uh, but also to advance and, and win a round or two. And uh, I, I think this is a franchise heading in the right direction. Ryan, I love talking to you because you can uh, g- tell us the real deal, what's going on behind the scenes instead of us just guessing. And w- with the All-Star break just about here, a lot of teams tonight j- playing their final game before taking a break, and some of the superstar players will not be out there. We can talk about that from the gambling perspective as well in a few minutes. But um, do the executives around the league, when you, when you get this chance to kind of exhale during the All-Star break, uh, I, does chatter – about possible trades pick up during this time or, or, you know what, it's not about the day-to-day on the court when you're, when you're talking trades, like the talks never stop. Yes. It's an interesting question, Joe, because this has changed over the years. Uh, I've been involved with the NBA in some form or fashion since 2003. And one of the changes I pushed for when I was an executive in the league, and I'm glad the league made it was on a normal calendar they moved the trade, de- trade deadline up ahead of the All-Star break, ahead of the All-Star game. And I think that was important and something I pushed for as an executive because uh, we all remember the DeMarcus Cousins fiasco. Uh, ironically, it was in New Orleans when he was traded. I uh, found out in a post-game press conference that he had been traded from the Sacramento Kings to the New Orleans Pelicans. And, and a lot of that tra- uh, talk, the trade talk, overshadowed the game at times. So I think that's something on a normal calendar the league will stick with is having the trade deadline first. And then, you know, enjoying All-Star Weekend and not having anything take away from All-Star Weekend. Uh, this year, with the unusual schedule, that is obviously not the case. Uh, the trade deadline is after the All-Star break and All-Star Week. So, yeah, I, I think executives around the league are going to continue to talk trade. And they're also going to be doing some scouting, guys, because now we're in March. Uh, the college conference tournaments are getting started. The NCAA tournament's not far away. So uh, they'll try to balance looking at the trade market and also evaluating prospects for the draft. Ryan, I don't think any superstars will get moved at the deadline, but, you know, who are some of the top players you think could find a new home, uh, you know, as the NBA trade deadline approaches here? Yeah, I I think it'll be – well, let me put it this way, uh, Ryan. I think the biggest name to get traded uh, has already been moved, and and that was James Harden, who, uh, ironically enough, is back in Houston tonight. Uh, You know, teams going in in very different directions with how the Nets have played so well and, and, and the Rockets have cratered. Um, so I, I don't expect the blockbuster of that level. I, for example, I don't think Bradley Beal uh, will get traded as, as well as Washington has played recently. I, I know they've lost their last couple, but I think prior to that, they were 7-1 and one in an eight-game stretch. And uh, they're still firmly in the mix in the Eastern Conference to get in the top ten and get in the play-in scenario. Uh, so as I look around the league, you know, I have my eye on guys like Andre Drummond. Uh, that situation needs to be resolved in Cleveland. He's away from uh, the team. Uh, Kyle Lowry in, in Toronto, what did the Raptors do? They, they've been so good for so long under Ujiri's leadership, and especially since Nick Nurse arrived and took them to another level. Uh, do, do, but they, do they hang on to Lowry? Lowry's approaching unrestricted free agency. Uh, so the, do they want to pay him uh, next year, or do they want to cash in early and hurt their chances in season? Uh, so I'm looking at teams like that. And then, uh, you know, as far as the, the lower-level trade market or the buyout market, looking at the Brooklyn Nets and seeing if there's a way for them to upgrade their front court. Uh, whether it's, I, I think, a buyout's more likely with Andre Drummond or JaVale McGee in Cleveland or even Hassan Whiteside in Sacramento, uh, something like that. So, guys, I don't expect any blockbusters. And, and the feeling I get talking to executives around the league is there are a lot more teams who either want to buy or are willing to hold than there are teams who want to sell. And I think a lot of that is because the 
uh, playoff fields expanded to 10 in each conference. And also because uh, if you look at the standings, there aren't many teams who can't touch 10th at this point. Uh, maybe the Detroit Pistons and Minnesota Timberwolves are two. Uh, but other than that, guys, I think the other 28 teams think they have a chance to make the playoffs. Our guest, Ryan McDonough, here on BetQL Daily. Ryan is a Radio.com NBA insider. Follow him on Twitter, at McDNBA. So we already have news that tonight, with 10 games, LeBron is taking a seat. You have a bunch of Raptors. I believe at least three of their starters are going to be out going through the protocols. Luka's been designated as questionable. We'll see if he goes uh, with the back tonight against OKC. Many teams playing the final game pre-All-Star break tonight. Uh, What do you expect to happen? Are we going to get word maybe before the game that, hey, Luka's out, maybe Embiid's not going to play for the Sixers? I'm wondering if we should uh, tell the people to tread lightly tonight. I I think that's a wise assessment of the situation, Joe. I think anybody thinking about uh, betting the card tonight might want to wait until the last minute until they see who's in or out of the lineup for the reasons you just mentioned uh, LeBron is coming on uh, back-to-back, as you mentioned, or coming off a of back-to-back. Uh, they played Phoenix last night, and as you mentioned, he'll be out tonight. Um, you know, and the, the Toronto situation is, uh, I, I think at this point, seems like the game is still in question uh, with all the guys in the health and safety protocols, the players and coaches as well. Um, so that, that's a real tricky one. Just It's, it's a matter of availability uh, tonight for, um, you know, for Toronto. So, yeah, I, I think there'll be some unusual things. Uh, look, it's, it's been an unusual year. Um, with games postponed, with the COVID protocols, uh, with, with the, you know a, a different schedule than normal. There, there have been so many challenges, guys, and I think everybody in the, around the league is, is really tired. Uh, one of the things that comes up when I talk to people, again, with teams, is how exhausting the COVID protocols have been. Now, now most people, if not all of them, think it's necessary and a good thing, uh, but just the testing and retesting and monitoring and compliance with the league uh, has been really exhausting. So I, I think this has been a difficult year physically, uh, for the players in particular, it's also been a real difficult year mentally, and that's why I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know some of the guys you mentioned, uh, Joe. You see, you know, some of the stars get a break tonight, especially if they then have to travel to Atlanta for the All Star game this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. Is there anything on the board tonight with the ten games that are scheduled at least right now uh, that you do like? Um, good question, guys. Let me let me pull up the slate real quick. Um, you know, boy, boy uh, you know, a terrific game. Uh, in Philly with U- Utah and Philly tonight. I mean, you know, arguably a potential uh, a finals um, preview. As, as you guys know, Philly's been really good at home. Utah's been uh, really good anywhere. Um, so, you know, I, I think with the way Utah's played, I, I like them. Uh, looking at the numbers uh, I'm looking at, they're getting three and a half. Um, you know, the, the, the Toronto-Detroit one, I, I'd stay away from uh, for now. And, and then um, it's, it's a big number. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I like Brooklyn, even though it looks like they're giving up about nine and a half. Uh, I expect James Harden to try to put on a show going back to Houston. That Houston team, as I mentioned, has been cratering. Uh, so, so the two that stand out to me are Utah getting about three and a half points uh, at Philly and then Brooklyn giving up about nine and a half points at Houston. Uh, Ryan, it's going to be strange uh, on Sunday with uh, what used to be on Saturday night, at least for this year it isn't, so much fun every single year. The three-point contest, slam dunk, skills challenge as well. Uh, We're not going to have that. It's going to happen right before the game on Sunday. Uh, But in the dunk contest, we find out we've got – 
Simons, Stanley, and Obi Toppin from the Knicks participating. So uh, that list seems to get shorter and shorter each season. Uh, Three-point contest, your guy Devin Booker will participate. More star power here because you have Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum also participate in three-point contests. And uh, a bunch of guys in the skill challenge like Chris Paul, Julius Randle, Nikola Vucevic, Sabonis, uh, Luca, and uh, Robert Covington. Does anything jump out to you, somebody that you like in uh, either a three-point contest, slam dunk contest, or skills challenge? Yeah, a c- couple things stand out. Uh, I think as far as the events go, it's clear now, and, and this is the way the league is trending, as you guys know, but um, the slam dunk contest used to be the marquee event on the schedule, and a lot of stars and superstars would participate in that. Uh, now that that is not the case. With, with all due respect to the the guys you just mentioned, uh, Anthony Simons, Obi Toppin, and Cassius Stanley, th- those aren't you know star players. And, and in fact, mm-hmm. uh, Cassius Stanley's on a two way contract for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, and I bring it up <laughs> because the three point contest has become the marquee event. Uh, you know, I was a little dis- disappointed to see Damian Lillard uh, pull himself out. I understand why he carries a heavy load for the Blazers. And as we were just discussing, it's been a long, exhausting year. Uh, but the guys I gravitate to in that are players uh, like Devin Booker. Um, you know, Clay Thompson's obviously not participating this year, but guys with a repeatable stroke who can, you know, take the ball off the rack and with a short, compact stroke, they don't need to jump a lot. Uh, it, it's more uh, almost mechanical and rhythmic. I, I like those guys compared to a, a Jalen Brown, who's a jump shooter, which is, you know, phenomenal uh, in games. It's, it's an unguardable shot when he elevates and shoots like that, but I just don't think. You can shoot a lot of those and shoot a high-level percentage when you're talking about elite shooters, again, like Booker and Thompson when he's healthy. Lillard has this ability to just take the ball off the rack and kind of flick it you know, time after time. Uh, so I, I like Devin Booker in that one. And then in the dunk contest, um, I, he's probably the, the least known name there, but Cassius Stanley, the rookie out of Duke, is a complete athletic freak. Uh, a, lot, a lot of your listeners probably saw him play last year for the Blue Devils. Uh, so I, I like him as a dark horse uh, to win the dunk contest because he's the most athletic guy of that trio. Ryan, do you still enjoy watching the all-star game? Do you feel like it's lost a little bit of its luster? And do you feel like it's necessary this year? I know for, you know, financial purposes it is, but um, do you think that they should be having an all-star game this year with everything that's going on and how it's kind of been a mess getting some of these games in like tonight, you brought up Toronto. Like we don't even know if that's game, that game's going to be able to be played. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I hated the All-Star game uh, for about the past 10 or 15 years prior <laughs> to last year. And then last year when they changed the format and they put in the Elam ending and, you know, the, the prize menu went up uh, you know, for charity, which was terrific. Um, I loved it. I mean, the competitiveness, how hard those guys were playing. Um, you know, I, I hope that, that happens again this year. Uh, but, but that was what everybody wants to see, right? It, it was the in event, honestly, guys, in years past, I, I just kind of have it on the background, maybe doing something else, not paying that much attention to it because it was so boring, the lack of defense, the lack of effort. It wasn't real basketball, in my opinion. Uh, but last year was the opposite of that. You, you had players dug in, uh, coaches calling timeouts, guys trying to take charges. It was physical. Uh, and you saw the best of the best at a high level. So I hope, you know, with the format in place again this year, um, that changes. As far as the necessity, um, yeah. I, I get it. it. It's big business. Uh, keep in mind, Turner Sports is a uh, you know one of the major partners of the league. In addition to ESPN, um, this is their event. It's it's in Atlanta, so I, I think they did it as smartly as they could to mitigate risk. Uh, the players will come in and out, and, and the consensus guys around the league, um, you know, led by LeBron James, but other players, coaches, to people who are traveling to Atlanta, said, "Look, we, we don't want to do it. We'd rather rest or go on vacation with our family." But we get it. It's good for business. So even though we prefer not to go to Atlanta and have the time off. 
we'll do it because it's what's best for the league. I'm a big fan of having drafts, and I'm sure you are, right as well, since uh, that's what you've done for much of your life uh, when you were in the NBA here. But um, at, when I was a kid, I think back, and I was a dumb kid, obviously, a Jordan fanatic growing up in Chicago, I hated the Western Conference because my team was in the East, and the East was the best. And the Bulls finally took down the Pistons, and then they slayed the rest of the NBA. Uh, what, what do you th- – Think about having the draft, having the Team LeBron and Team Durant draft as opposed to East versus West. Yeah, I I think it's something the league did to try to generate some excitement for the game. And as I mentioned, guys, I thought the game was uh, dying, maybe too strong of a term, but I I just thought it had lost its interest, right? If if it was just East versus West and you knew who the teams were going to be and you knew, you know, which player was on. Uh, which team, and then you knew the game was not going to be competitive and guys weren't going to play defense. It, it, it became uh, a lesser event. So I, I think, you know, that, that change was, was interesting. Uh, I, I, do, I do like some of the drama that it stirs up after the fact uh, where the guys who get picked later on feel like they're Sorry, Ryan, I have to cut you off. I, uh, I asked that question too late. We'll continue with Ryan McDonough next. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast at alma we know the connection between you and your therapist matters but if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming that's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing, so you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Coming in, and there it goes. I can't get enough Nikola Jokic dunks. Porter on the cut. Jokic against Giannis. Spin around him. And he's got it again. 
after 39 last night. Giannis with a three. That's off the mark. Nuggets tried to push. Ahead to Joker, who puts it away. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Yeah, and our friends listening live on 1430 in Denver can't get enough of Nikola Jokic either. It's Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, BetQL Daily with Ryan McDonough, former GM of the Suns. He's a Radio.com insider, and he hosts the Radio.com NBA show. Also, make sure you're subscribed to that one. Terrific pods every single week at McD NBA. And, uh, Ryan, let's take a look at some teams throughout the league that I find that both of us find intriguing right now. And, man, was it impressive last night what we saw out of those Nuggets. It's a tough spot. Right before the All-Star break, they've got a road back-to-back. And on Monday in Chicago, Jokic goes for 39-14-9. And last night, up against Giannis and company in Milwaukee, they go for 37-10-11 for Jokic. Nuggets in a route. Uh, What are you seeing from Denver right now? Well, seeing Nikola Jokic play as well as any player in the entire league, and he's in the small lead pack of MVP candidates, in a year that's uh, as wide open in the MVP voting as, as I can remember, guys. Uh, as, as you know, looking at the numbers and the lines, LeBron had a recent edge, but it looks like uh, Embiid is at least neck and neck uh, with LeBron, and I think Jokic should be in that mix as well. Uh, when you look at what he's doing, guys, he's a nightly triple-double threat. Uh, he scores, he rebounds. Um, it is passing numbers for, for a center or uh, in unprecedented, at least in recent NBA history, in modern NBA history. Uh, so when you look at his numbers, 27 points, eight, 8.6 assists, 11 rebounds. He gets almost two steals a game. Uh, he gets more touches per game than anybody in the league. And, and that's uh, an advanced stat. Basically means, you know, the ball runs through him. It's, it's his ball. It's his show. And the other guys play off of him. Uh, so Denver is one three in a row, uh, four of five overall. Um, you know, I, I like the way the team's looking. I, I think there were some struggles earlier this year with the loss of Jeremy Grant to Detroit, which was a blow for a team that went to the Western Conference Finals a year ago. Um, Grant uh, wanted a bigger role, even though the Nuggets offered him essentially the same contract. He ended up getting in Detroit. Um, but but don't don't forget about the Nuggets. Don't sleep on the Nuggets. Uh, they've had an up and down first half of the season. Uh, but I like this team, young talent, especially when Nikola Jokic is on the court because he's been as good as anybody in the league. Ryan, have you been surprised with how well San Antonio's been playing this season? Right now they're the fifth team in the West. Another blowout victory last night over the Knicks. DeMar DeRozan's averaging 20 points per game and about seven assists per game. Are you surprised with what they've been able to do this season? Yeah, a little. And and I'm mad at myself because I shouldn't have been. Um, You talk about the inevitabilities in life, uh, death, taxes, and the (laughs) San Antonio Spurs being better than anybody anticipates. Um, You know, and that happened again this year. And, And what's what would be really exciting for me if, if I were a Spurs fan is seeing the young players develop. Uh, these were not high lottery picks, um, but their young core is, is really talented and really deep. I don't think they get enough attention nationally. Uh, DeJounte Murray has is, is made a big leap uh, this year. He's a bigger guard who can do it all uh, defensively, and, and now he's adding uh, you know, a little bit more shooting and scoring. He rebounds at a high level. He passes pretty well. Um, you know, DeMar DeRozan is a guy who was an all-star snub. He, he's really uh, expanded his game as a playmaker the last few years, especially this year in San Antonio. And then there are other young players, again, who don't get a lot of national attention. Uh, Keldon Johnson's been terrific this year. Uh, Lonnie Walker has shown some flashes. And uh, they, ironically enough, guys, the, the, the guy who's their best player 
last year, late in the year, especially in the Orlando bubble, uh, Derek White has been injured a lot. Uh, he's currently out of the lineup. He's only played in eight of their 31 games. Uh, despite all that, as you mentioned, uh, the Spurs are 18 and 13. They're leading their division, uh, and they have a chance to get home court in a loaded Western Conference playoff field with a very young team. With Ryan McDonough, host of the Radio.com NBA show, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. this is BetQL Daily. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the Jazz, what they've accomplished this year with their big run. Same thing with the Suns, and we should. And then what about the Lakers? It's all about AD's health. And just kind of flying under the radar, even though they've lost three of four, are the Clippers sitting at 24 and 13. Uh, we probably don't spend enough time talking about them. Maybe they're a little boring. It's okay. Is Kawhi and Paul George going to be on the court tonight? Uh, how, how do you gauge this Clips team at this uh, stage in the season? Yeah, not, not a great stretch for the Clippers recently, guys. Uh, I watched their last couple games at Milwaukee uh, over the weekend. I didn't think they functioned very well offensively down the stretch. Um, didn't get a lot of good looks. Um, you know, a lot of contested jump shots. There wasn't real really a flow offensively when Kawhi and Paul George were in the lineup. And then last night at Boston uh, without Kawhi, it's always tough uh, without your best player. But again, th this is a team that has not um, shot well and, and scored well in the clutch, especially recently. That's been a knock on Paul George, as you mentioned, uh, from his, his critics, the lack of execution uh, in the clutch. Um, so I have some concerns about the Slippers team, uh, you know, obviously less so when Kawhi is in the lineup guys, but, um, to, to me, they're going to go into the playoffs with a lot of pressure, uh, maybe as much pressure as any team in the league, um, uh, because of the expectations and, and keep in mind that, uh, Kawhi is a unrestricted free agent this off season. Um, you know, they were obviously the championship favorites. I think last year, they were my championship pick before last season. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, momentum. A lot of people like them coming into this season. Uh, and, and they've been okay. I mean, it, it, when I watch them, my main concerns are their lack of ability to get to the basket and the free throw line. I think they settle for jumpers too much. And, uh, and they also get isolation heavy under pressure. So uh, that, that's something that Ty Lu is going to have to work on with this team because they need to be executing and functioning better at, when, when playoff time comes around than they are right now in a loaded Western Conference. Uh, Ryan, moving over to the Eastern Conference, Boston gets a win last night, 117-112 over the Clippers, but there was no Kawhi Leonard in that game for Los Angeles. What's been wrong with Boston so far this season? You know, they were up and down to start the year. Uh, it's been a little bit of a disaster for them. What's wrong with that team, and is it something that they could fix, uh, you know, as we come back for the second half of the season? Yeah, in, in, interesting choice of words, Ryan, when you say it's been a disaster. And I bring it up only because perspective is so important, right? They're they're 18 and 17, uh, and they are fourth in the Eastern Conference. Right. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals in three out of the last four years. Um, but because expectations are what they are, um, people are disappointed. And, and I understand that. I contrast them with the team that's only a half game behind them in the, in the standings. The New York Knicks are 18 and 18, and people are celebrating outside Madison Square Garden when they get a win. Uh, you know, you think they want a, a playoff game or something. So, uh, I think you know part of it is the expectations in, in New England, in particular, have gotten out of control. Um, you know, I get it; they have two talented young players in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and the franchise has won a lot. Uh, but I think more than anything, guys, that their main guys haven't been healthy and played together uh, to start the year. Kemba Walker was out, uh, then he came back, and then shortly after, Jason Tatum went out. Uh, with, with COVID-19 and the protocols. Uh, and then Marcus Smart was injured right after Tatum came back. So they really haven't had the core of their team together. Uh, they're not as deep as they once were. Uh, despite all that, again, they're 18 and 17. A lot of teams would be happy with that. 
in Boston. It, it's not good enough. I think a lot of that is unfair to the organization, to Brad Stevens in particular, but uh, such is life in pro sports, as you know, a lot of it is about how the uh, trend line is going and the direction your team is heading. And, uh, you know, until the last uh, three games, uh, there was some angst in New England about how the Celtics were playing recently. And it's shocking to many people. Boston, the four seed right now, but a half game back with a 500 record, you have the Knicks. They're so close to being the four seed uh, after last night's loss. They're 18 and 18 on the year. Um, they, they beat up some poor teams of late, but hey, they're getting victories. So nobody in New York is going to complain about that. Do you think they can keep this up and and finish uh, around 500 or maybe just above this season? I'm not sure because they struggle offensively. Uh, They've won because their defense has been excellent. They're a top three defensive team. Uh, Lakers are the best defensive team in the league, but the Jazz and Knicks kind of go back and forth on that second and third spot. Uh, The the Jazz are currently just a nose ahead of of the Knicks for the the third uh, overall defensive rating in New York. Uh, But that's phenomenal. I mean, that's a lot of credit goes to Tom Thibodeau. Uh, They have a young team. Obviously, they're playing R.J. Barrett. They're playing Emmanuel quickly. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is a core guy for them. He is injured right now. But uh, to have a young team in your first year uh, without really a a full training camp, without a full preseason, and to do what Tom Thibodeau has done as far as having those guys defend and compete at a high level has been really impressive. Uh, So I I think they have a chance to be in the top 10. And I know that's not what people in New York want to hear at this point. Um, but, but keep in mind, guys, the, the 11th place team uh, in the East is Atlanta is only three games back and they just made a coaching change. I expect Washington to play better over the second half of the year. Um, so I, I, the Knicks have looked terrific. I, I think a lot of that's been on the back of their their defense. Um, but keep in mind, they are a bottom 10 offensive team. And, uh, you know, I, I think until their young players develop a little bit and get more efficient or more likely until they make a move to upgrade offensively, it'll be a struggle for the Knicks to really surge uh, because it's hard for them to score and will be even harder to score when their schedule gets a little more difficult. Right. I think everybody's uh, really impressed with what Brooklyn's doing in the East right now. Who gives them or who's the worst matchup? or I should say best matchup for Brooklyn in a seven-game playoff series. Is it Philadelphia? Could you see Milwaukee going on a run or Boston? Who do you think gives them the best shot in a seven-game series in the East? Yeah, I think it's Philadelphia. I think Philly and Brooklyn are, um, you know, ahead above the rest of the conference right now. Uh, not, not just in terms of the standings, guys, but in terms of what I see when I watch them play. Uh, as you guys know, I like both those teams prior to the season. I'm not quite as high on, on Milwaukee. Um, so I, I think with Philly, uh, Joel Embiid, again, has played like an MVP. Uh, ben Simmons has been one of the best defensive players and two-way players in the league. Uh, Tobias Harris had a terrific year. He was in the mix for the All-Star game. Uh, they added shooting with Danny Green and Seth Curry. Um, so, and, and they're strong. I mean, Brooklyn is, is weak up front. That's where Philly is strong, obviously, with Embiid. So, I, again, that's why I think the Nets, as well as they played, uh, really want to do something over the next couple of weeks via trade or uh, preferably for them via the buyout market if, say, Andre Drummond or one of these uh, centers in particular does not get traded. I look for Brooklyn to be very active there um, because, you know, DeAndre Jordan does what he can at this stage, but losing Jared Allen um, was necessary to get James Harden. I think it will hurt them in the playoffs unless they're able to upgrade at the five. So keep an eye on Brooklyn uh, to add a center either through the trade market or the buyout market over the next month or so. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned a, a moment ago we have another head coach fired in the NBA with the Atlanta Hawks, uh, Lloyd Pierce. When I saw Trey Young's comments about the firing when he spoke to the media, uh, my first reaction was, well, 
It was my guess that he had something to do with it, but he pretty much confirmed it to me. Did you have the same reaction? Yeah, and, and that was the scuttlebutt around the league, guys, is that Trey Young and Lloyd Pierce did not get along. And, and look, you know, taking a step back from Atlanta, that, that's one of the, the challenges broadly about being a coach or an executive in today's NBA. Uh, Trey Young is a talented young player. Uh, he comes in with a lot of hype out of Oklahoma. Uh, you know, he puts up phenomenal numbers offensively with the scoring and assists, and uh, he, he's a really fun player to watch. Um, but Lloyd Pierce's job is, is to win and, and to help Trey get better and to push him and hold him accountable. And, um, you know, I, I obviously we're not there. We're not in the locker room, and uh, we weren't able to see specifically what happened, but there was certainly some tension and some friction there. There was a terrific article on The Athletic yesterday about the, the decision and the firing. Um, so, yeah, Nate McMillan has a reputation as an old-school coach. Uh, his teams always defend at a high level. Um, I like the way the team looked recently before the coaching change when Nate McMillan took over temporarily for Lloyd Pierce. Uh, Pierce was away from the team. His wife was having a child. Um, so I, I think Atlanta will play better over the second half of the year. Uh, it's a tough business. Lloyd Pierce did a nice job, I think, developing some of their young players. Trey Young became an all-star. John Collins turned down a $90-plus million contract extension. Uh, DeAndre Hunter uh, really improved as well. And so I feel bad for Lloyd Pierce because uh, I, I think, you know, there's certainly things he could have done better, especially in terms of the late-game execution. Uh, but he, there were a number of injuries this year in Atlanta, including just about every free agent they signed this offseason. Uh, when I look at Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Dunn, Rondo, uh, so I, I, I feel like this is a tough blow for Lloyd Pierce because he never got to work with the Hawks team that he thought he would have. Ryan, tell us about the latest on the Radio.com NBA show and what's coming up. Yeah, so we had Eric Pincus on on Monday. Uh, Eric works for Bleacher Report and NBA TV and others. He's one of the best capologists in the league. Uh, so we talked a lot of trade guys, including some of the guys we mentioned on today's show. Um, you know, got into to Bradley Beal, to Kyle Lowry. Um, you, know, you know, one guy we didn't talk about on this show, Victor Oladipo. Uh, will he be on the move again? He's an interesting one to keep an eye on as, he, as Houston uh, plummets here uh, over the last month or so. So had Eric Pinkett's on Monday's show. That is up now um, on Radio.com's NBA show. And then tomorrow the plan is to have uh, Jonathan Sharks on from The Ringer. Uh, you guys know him from The Ringer. You read his columns. He knows the league. Uh, so as, as usual, we, we continue to have high-level guests who know the entire NBA on Radio.com's NBA show. Awesome. That's Ryan McDonough. Make sure you are subscribed to the Radio.com NBA show. Follow Ryan on Twitter at NBA. This is BetQL Daily. Coming up next, our daily baseball segment. We'll do Touch Em All on the BetQL Audio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 